0: welcome on into a Monday here on Clabes uh, Online. It's lunch with Clabes and Joe, driven by Manganese St. Louis Acura and powered by Amron, Illinois. I'm Joe Roderick. He is Mike Claiborne. Clabes. Uh, before we get into everything, a uh, a fun weekend for you guys in the uh, in the broadcast booth and all and and beyond with the Cardinals and Braves this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, two thrilling victories.
1: Yeah, it was a fun weekend. Uh, throw in the Hall of Fame induction weekend as well. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun in the booth. Danny Mac was part of two of the games. And uh, uh, we, we, we're having so much fun right now. And, and there's somebody right now that uh, has a picture. Like, So when we have people come in the booth, like season ticket holders or sponsors, you know, we, we try to take a team photograph. And so we had this one guy who came in who was kind of trying to big time it. And he doesn't shake hands, right? Okay, I get it. So we take the picture, and Danny Mac, the guy has his hand around his wife, and Danny Mac grabs the guy's hand, it's holding the guy's hand, and then there's another picture. I'm I'm acting like, like I'm Gibson and Euchre, Yeah, yeah. I'm acting <laughs> like I'm kissing Danny Mac. I mean, we just having so much fun with this, man. Uh, so yeah, it was fun for that. Uh, Hall of Fame was cool. Uh, we had Matt Holiday uh in the booth. Uh, and he was terrific on Friday. Uh, so we had a lot of good things going on. Friday uh, night, we had Chris Carpenter and uh, uh, John Tudor on the yep. postgame show. That was a riot. And uh, we had some really good baseball. I mean, you know, w- this is the best team, in my opinion, that the Cardinals are facing, the Atlanta Braves. I mean, mm. they don't really suffer anywhere. Now, their bullpen let them down a little bit, but that's going to happen. But they got a long lineup. Uh, they they. They throw to the right bases. They're fundamentally sound. They're well managed, well coached. we had two guys. You know, Edron Washington deserves another chance to manage the major leagues. Um, he knows the game. I mean, he got his team of two World Series. Uh, had had interviewed a couple of times, but you know, and word was, and I asked him about it. I, you know, I'd heard that maybe Texas might come back and revisit him, which would be a great idea, uh, because he knows how things should
0: be done. But anyway. I know he was a finalist for Oakland. Uh, yeah, this past year. And you know what? Does he, he, let it's me ask you: good that, that Does he didn't take it? Does he want to be a manager? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because that's—I yeah. mean—that's always something that you you have to. I mean, people will throw names out there. You know, for so long. I mean, did Jose Okendo? Did he want to be a manager? You know, I
1: think he entertained it at one point, but you know, you get to a certain point, you just feel like you know what. It, I don't want to play the political game. I don't want to get that immersed in analytics. You know, it, there's a lot of different reasons, you know, how well you how you well you deal with the media. Uh, and I think Ron checks all those boxes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so, again, they have a good staff. And there was some really good play. I thought the Cardinals were a little sloppy defensively. You know, I think they had eight games in a row where they committed an error. Uh, but I thought the other thing that was important was that Goldschmidt, And Arenado got some help this weekend offensively. You know, Tyler O'Neill, who might be the hardest guy in baseball to walk, drew one. This is a guy who swung on a 3-0 pitch on a a pitcher who was wild. And uh, that's why he didn't start last night. But he comes back last night and hits a big three-run homer, which was good. But the night before, as I mentioned, he's in the box. He draws a walk. But there were so many things leading up to that where – you had, uh, you know, Arnott on Goldschmidt on base. You had some other guys doing some things. Corey Dickerson, who had that infield hit that, that drove in the tie run. I mean, there was so many fun things about the weekend against a good team. As I've said before, you can beat the Cubs and the Reds all you want, but they're not going to be around in October. Right. So you need to start figuring out how to beat good teams because that's the only way you win is beating good teams. So it was a good week
0: there's so much to branch off of from everything that you just said. I want to start with Corey Dickerson because this is something Rammer and I talked about on uh, on Daily Cards. What was it, Friday's game when Arenado was out due to the birth of his child right. and Ollie was trying to, you know, play with some things and put Albert in there. If you would have told me back in April that, hey, Cardinals are going to have a game in August where Corey Dickerson's batting cleanup and Albert Pujols is batting fifth, What I mean, how many things would you have thought had gone wrong with this team that you were at the point where Dickerson was batting cleanup and Albert was batting fifth?
1: Well, you don't have to go back that far. You can go back to July. Go back to July 1st. If you would have told me that same scenario, I would have looked at you like, you know, maybe you've been in the sun too long.
0: Yeah. Uh, you would have been but, planning golf trips down in Florida if that would have exactly. been I mean yeah I
1: mean he, <laughs> it, it just it, it just was not in the part and upon it was not in the cart. Uh but you know I it's, it's it, I'm glad you brought him up because I spent a little bit more time with him this last week. Uh we had breakfast together, you know, we tables were next to each other and he and I knew a couple of people from Mississippi and just to listen to him talk about you know how he Battle through the injury, and he'd never been in this situation coming off the bench as much, but he had to reconfigure how he prepared. Uh, it, it's a great story. I'm happy for him because he didn't quit. Uh, and there were people who thought he should have been out, and I was one of them. I, I thought, well, yes, I was cer- too. certainly I, there's yeah. somebody
0: better than this guy, but you know, he had the a five main reason, I mean, reasons. Yeah, it five five saved him were a lot of different injuries too. I, I think at times, well, with- the
1: calf kept coming up, <clears throat> the calf injury, he never was able to shake. And it was amazing that he beat out that infield hit. And I'm thinking, boy, this guy's calf's going to blow out here. And here we go. But, you know, he uh, he hung in there. He's been solid. He's a good teammate. Uh, and I'm happy to see things develop for him in that 10-game streak. 10-game 10, Ten streak. Yeah. I'd never seen him before. Uh, it was fascinating because he was lacing ball. I mean, he was crushing some balls. And the other thing, he had a couple of CNI singles at the end, but, you know, when it was all said and done, it, it was fascinating to watch uh, him do that. And, and, again, you can't win these things if you don't have everybody on board. And what he's been able to do make his contribution, Andrew Kisner with a big weekend offensively, uh, the 26th guy, you know, you got to have something from to if you're going to win. So it was a good time to be a Cardinal. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting week also because you face the Reds who really don't have anything to play for. So you can't let up on them. Then you have uh, the Cubs coming in this weekend. Can't let up on them. You know, and then you have Washington Nationals. I mean, think about this, Joe. You're going to have nine games against three of the worst teams in the National League. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You 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 have to win eight of the nine,
0: don't you? I would think, I mean, yeah, when you look at that, that's where you start playing that game of saying, okay, you know, here, yeah, when you play teams like the Reds, you should sweep them. When you play teams like the Nationals with everything they gave up at the trade deadline, you should sweep them. Maybe the Cubs get one from you, but you know what? It's Cubs Cardinals. It's a weekend in September. Maybe Mm -hmm. Maybe they get one from you, but I think that's how you end up playing the game. But I think you look at it and... I think you you know you could really knock out quite a bit off the magic number for the Cardinals right now, which I believe is it under thirty right now, or is it right at thirty? Um, you got me on that. Uh, I, I was uh, I was looking last week, and I know the Cardinals had a really good week, so I, I couldn't tell you what it is right now with well, uh, with that. But here's the I thing, mean, though, you got to take this into
1: account. So you are what five and a half up now, six games up? Yeah, on the loss side, six. they should be six yeah, up, six on the loss side. So. You can if you pick up three more games this week, now it's at nine going into September. Unless something monumental happens, this thing is all wrapped up. Now you're gonna to have to still go out and play, but I don't see Milwaukee offensively being able to pick up make up nine games, which means they'd have to play lights out baseball.
0: If you it can pick is up urging. three the games, magic this number week, right now is 30.
1: So if you can pick up three games this week and push it to nine. Uh you push it to nine before Labor Day. It's a wrap. Who do the Brewers have this week? I haven't looked ahead at their schedule. Um, let's do this. Uh Brewers, as we speak, will host the Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: Okay. So maybe you're not picking up three. I mean, you know, that <laughs> but I mean stranger things have happened. I think they've been swept by them before. Yeah, this year. I think so the yeah. pirates
1: have their number. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, the, the Brewers have the Pirates and the Diamondbacks this uh, this week, and then on uh, on Labor Day. They are, uh, yeah. Then they have the Mets, or no? That's I'm sorry. Then they have the Rockies. So the Brewers. So they're playing some bad teams too. The Brewers Where are they playing might the be Rockies. At? Yeah, that's I believe that's in Colorado. I think well, somehow the Brewers have a, a, an easier schedule than the Cardinals do these next nine games. I don't know. Cincinnati, <laughs> Chicago, and the Nationals are awful, man. I think the, the Brewers it, have one I mean, A. I think the, the Brewers of, like, have one A yeah. as
1: far as bad teams. But here's the problem though. The Brewers are are trying to hit. They, they hit a little bit against Chicago. Pitching has been so so. They got a save out of Devin Williams yesterday, uh, but overall, man, they just don't have the oomph that I think you need. Uh, their lineup isn't long. The pitching is good, but I don't know how many more games they can win two to one. Yeah. Okay. They
0: need. I mean, they. You look back, and, and- now
1: the guy Rosenthal's out. You know, yeah. they were counting
0: on him, and he's done.
1: So their bullpen is a little
0: shaky. You look at winners and losers of the trade deadline. I mean, we're a month removed from the trade deadline, and you could not have asked for better starts out of Quintana and Montgomery than what the Cardinals have gotten. I mean, they went out, and they they got the best two pitchers post-trade deadline in all of baseball right now for what those two have done. And then you look at the Padres trading away Josh Hader, not getting anything back and then doing absolutely nothing to help the offense. And you just look at it and you're, yeah. I mean, did they, did, did they even want to make it to the postseason? I mean, what were well, they thinking going into that? It it made absolutely yeah. no sense. Like other well, moves you can look at and justify that move. Right. I mean, to not make any improvements to your offense at nothing, not, not even go grab just some guy that's out there and just say, ah, maybe, maybe he'll hit a couple home runs for it. Nothing.
1: Well, you, you you make a good point where, um, first of all, they knew something on Hater because Hayter hasn't been very good since he's been in San Diego. So good riddance on that. I, I think the return is probably what you speak on where, you know, didn't San Diego have a bat somewhere that we could use? Well, the answer is no. They, they're kind of scuffling right now also. Uh, but with that said, I guess what bat was really available to them? I think that's the question. What what bat was really that jump start that they needed? Because you look around, I didn't see that many legitimate bats move around. And the market got tighter, uh, you know, with, with certain teams. So I, I'm just not sure where the bat was going to come from. You know, is there another third baseman out there you can get? Because, you know, Bruce is he's just a guy. Uh, yell at you stuck with. Uh, Tyrone Taylor. Is good against the Cardinals, but he's just a guy against everybody else. And you have McCutcheon who's on the other side of his career. Uh, so they they don't really have a lot working for them. You know, you've got Adamus and you got Wong up the middle. You know, Adamas was hot for him last year, he hadn't done yeah. very much this year. Urias is another guy that you can plug in. So they just didn't have enough. And I don't know where they'd be without Tellus. Right. And they were trying. They were trying to find a first baseman to replace him at one point in the year because they were kicking the tires on Josh Bell earlier in the year.
0: I mean, so, Gallo goes to the Dodgers, and suddenly he remembers that he could hit home runs. I mean, maybe it's the yeah. beard that he needed to be able to do that. And I mean, interdivisional stuff. I, they, you know, they could have they could have given up a lot to try to get Hap or Contreras, and and made it work that way too. Yeah,
1: I don't know if they were going to trade within the division. That that's a little too close to home. Uh, but your, your point's a valid one. For them to do nothing, uh, and, or maybe they just said, you know what, we don't think we're good enough to win. If we get in postseason-wise, if it's wild cards, so be it. We think our best season's going to be next year. Now, the question is, what do you have waiting for you next year? I, I mean, their farm system is okay. Uh, you put some a lot of innings on your starters, so you don't know what you're going to get next year. So I just – I'm not sure what they're trying to do in Milwaukee. And you know what, at this point, keep whatever they're doing, keep it going. The Cardinals uh, right now, working.
0: eight games behind the Mets for that second seed. So I think you start kind of looking at that and kind of seeing if you could pick up games every now and then. So anytime the Cardinals well, win, take a look at what the Mets do. Um, I, as I yeah. think
1: this, though. I think it's eight games behind – really it's ten, eight games behind the Atlanta Braves because I think the Braves will catch
0: the Mets. Well, they're five games behind the Braves right now, so. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah.
0: And, you know, again, you touched on the scheduling is
1: going to be something we, we're we going to have to really pay attention to a little bit more. But uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, some of these teams are going to run away. Houston's going to run away with it. Yankees are going to be in good shape. But everybody else is still kind of figuring out, all right, here we go. September is here, and we still have some work to do. I think the one issue that the Cardinals have that works for them, you know, Flaherty is going to go out for one more start. And he wasn't very happy about it, but you know what? We tried it his way. It didn't work. So he's going to go out for one more start. Now, if you get him and he gives you what you think, uh, then you you got something pretty special because now maybe you don't have to take Wayne right on the road. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with your staff and your rotation that I think makes you a very effective team. Along with the fact, if you get to postseason, you really have the luxury of matchups more than just a rotation. So, uh, it bodes well for the Cardinals. Uh, I think the Cardinals still have a couple of issues to address. You, know, you mentioned
0: Wainwright. A- you uh, you mentioned Wainwright. what do you think of uh, him being mic'd up during his pregame warmups last night? For ESPN? I didn't have a problem
1: with it. It didn't. It, you know, I know. We talked about it in the booth, and it was kind of going back and forth. I don't know if that works during the game, uh, but if you're warming up, you know, you have a conversation. Now, you know, and again, everybody approaches their pregame differently. You know, you you've been around pitchers who won't even speak to you don't don't want don't want to talk to anybody before they start, and then you have guys like Michaelis and Wainwright and Max Scherzer's like that. They hey, what's going? on? I, I mean, they've already put everything in perspective as far as their preparation. So I'm not sure if it affects everyone the same in Wainwright's case. Hey, he's been around forever. So if he doesn't know balance, I don't know who does. So I didn't really have a problem with it. I I don't know if it works in game though, uh, because you don't, I think as a broadcaster, you don't know when to interject and, and ask a question and have a conversation, you know, I mean, you're going to talk to him when the bases are loaded with, with one out. <laughs> I mean, three, four, five hitters are coming up. Probably not. Uh, so, yeah, you know, warming up, that's fine.
0: Yeah. And he just, you know what, if anything, he's just uh, adding on to any kind of money he's going to make post-career oh, when it comes to I broadcasting. Think,
1: you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I think he will be the most sought-after guy. So Fox, ESPN, ESPN. Uh, they're gonna have a little bidding war here, and MLB Network will get involved. Uh, I, they're gonna have a bidding war, and it's gonna be a good one. And you know what? He could be the Tony
0: Romo. I was just gonna of, say the Tony uh, Romo League League baseball, baseball yeah. where he
1: can set the new standard on how this works. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know of any of these guys that make that kind of money doing baseball, but they might start.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's um. It's pretty fun to listen to him talk. He's done really good work in the uh, in the postseason his past few years, too. Let me ask you another thing about uh, media. I don't know if you saw this from last week. John Boy Media, who's uh, really good at lip reading yeah. out at um, when it comes to posting videos of anything that happens during baseball games, posted the one from last week where Ali Marmol was ejected in the game uh, where uh, C.B. Buckner was yeah. the uh, was the umpire, the home plate umpire there. And you know what? Ollie went out there. He said what he had to say. And, you know, you and I both work with Joe West now. We're going to be spending a, a, a lot of time with Joe West uh, this week. It's uh, taking him around to radio stations here in St. Louis, and then he's going to do an awful lot with you guys on the uh, with, with the Cardinal game on Friday and uh, post-game on Friday, live at Lowe's. But C.B. Buckner snapping back at Ali Marmol saying, that's why you're not playing anymore. I, I just – I what are your thoughts on that? And I can't wait to get Joe's thoughts on this later this week too. Well, I, I think emotions run high on both sides.
1: Uh, you know, managers and players can say some nasty things too. All right? Now, you, you expect the umpire or the man in charge to have better control. Uh, but you know what? It's a heat of battle. Guys say things. And, you know, I mean, as long as they start talking about somebody's wife or something, I guess it's OK. I mean, I, I understood both sides. You know, Ollie was pissed. CB probably could have went a different direction as far as him not having time in the game is basically what he was saying because he was so young and he was a rookie manager. Uh, my thing was, I would have probably if see, I would have been a smart ass and just said, you know, when, when were you even good? Right. You know, you're not very good right now. You haven't been very good in 10 years uh and but you know again when guys get in the heat of battle man you know things happen people get emotional and and i get it uh, you know it's you know I, I didn't really have as much of a problem i know major league baseball you know they talked to both sides afterwards and then we had the issue in chicago with Ali and uh uh Lipka, who's a really good umpire and, and that's what really was disappointing because, you know, his, his report cards and balls and strikes are pretty darn good. I think the fact that the way he ran Nolan so early and he didn't curse him, he yeah. didn't, neither he or – and I said to Ollie, I said, you know, the reason why you didn't get a run is because, you know what, uh, he might have thought he was wrong in to run both you guys probably would not have been something he would have been comfortable with. And he said, well, the other reason is because he didn't curse him. and so. I know that MLB has also had that discussion. I think the problem that we have with umpires, we see what happens to players when they get fined and or suspended, when they have a moment like that. We never hear about the repercussions that umpires deal with after they've had a bad night. And, and that's maybe that's something we'll talk with Joe about this weekend. Uh, because I think if people knew that umpires were for lack of a better term, punished, Maybe they have a different approach about it, but you know we just don't know because it's never made public.
0: Yeah, we. Uh, so yeah, coming up. Um, if you're interested in the St. Louis uh, listening area on Wednesday, Joe's going to be in studio with Carricker and Smallman at 8 a.m. He's going to be in studio for the Ridge Show at 9 a.m. and then in studio with uh, Frank and Rammer over on 590 um, at 11 a.m and then uh, possibly more we're uh, we're still working out the details of, <clears throat> of other uh, of other ones and the latest episode of 5460 the Joe West podcast is available now wherever you get your podcasts in a, uh, a conversation with uh, Emmy Lou Harris the country music Hall of Famer we uh, you guys talk everything with her from music to baseball huge baseball fan uh, Lou Harris. That's, that's how they are friends. It's not because of Joe's country music, which by the way, Wainwright's also, uh, I guess, um, showed off his country music skills this, uh, this weekend during the ESPN broadcast too. So he, uh, he and Joe are, uh, are coming together, I, I guess on that, uh, that venture too. Well, uh, okay. we have to play that for Joe. We'll have to play it for Joe and see what he thought of, uh, of Adam's singing. You know, we ought to get those two together. <laughs> We, you know what? Uh, what's the uh, look at what the rotation looks like and see what's uh, what's possible for that. I, I don't know, but we can always uh, we can always plan that out. Hey, this has been uh, this still, still is lunch with Claves and Joe. We need to take a short break. When we come back, we will have uh, more right here. Clavesonline.com. St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars arriving daily, like the all-new 2023 Acura Integra. We also have a great selection of over 200 pre-owned and factory precision courtesy vehicles with finance rates as low as 1.9% for 36 months with approved credit. And we've added Saturday service hours to our newly renovated service facility. Don't forget, we'll buy your vehicle here at our dealership or from the convenience of your home. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. Claves, one of our sponsors here on Lunch with Claves and Joe, are your friends over at Poffit K Nine? Do you have any uh, updates on your uh, on your dogs these days? Well, you know what, I have one that's been reasonably civil. Um,
1: she's <laughs> relaxing right now, and you know anybody who has a dog knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so my dog Maya is a uh, shepherd malamute. All right, loves playing with big dogs, very playful. But when it's these little dogs like this. It's battle stations, man. I mean, you know, I got her with both hands trying to, but now she's, she's been more, more calm about it. So yeah, I'm having a great time with her and uh, she's housebroken the whole nine yards. And uh, thanks to my good friends at profit. I give them a lot of credit on her behavior and her development and anybody who has a dog who maybe needs a refresher course, or maybe you're thinking about having a dog for a house pet for the kids, whatever, Start with these guys because they'll get you on the right track early in the game because there is a such thing as teaching an old dog new tricks. But why go that way? Take your dog over. Give them a call. They'll even come to you. See what environment you have for the dog and making sure that they can make some suggestions on making sure you enjoy your pet even more. So go online. You can give them a call. Go online. Either one. And uh, Jeremy, they do a phenomenal job. So I would suggest checking them out if you want to get into having a pet in your home or for your family. These are the guys to talk to.
0: Back in 15 seconds with more Lunch with Klaibs and Joe.
1: From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in
0: St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal Center and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community. Klabes, uh Royal Banks right there, sponsor of our new podcast that will be debuting here on Klaibs Online. Uh, tomorrow, it's the Dr. Rick Podcast with Dr. Rick Lehman, hosted by Bob Ramsey. Short episodes. You're not going to get, uh, you know, it's not going to be Dr. Rick talking medicine and talking over your head for an hour. These are short 12, 15-minute episodes getting into uh, whatever topics are on Rick and uh, Rammer's mind, getting in and out uh, real quick. And we will debut that this week well- right here on Claves Online.
1: If there's two people who know something about surgery, it's Dr. Rick, because he's performed a lot of them. And Rammer certainly has had a lot performed on him. So between those two and just the whole direction of sports medicine and the impact it's having you know, on sports for sure, there will be something for everyone every week. So yep. just check it out, and I guarantee you'll have a good time with
0: it. Clave, speaking of surgeries, uh, as you know, I've had three different knee surgeries, and that's uh, after my third one is when I decided to start running. Uh, more and more. That's that's usually the opposite. But this past weekend was up in uh, Utah. Ran the uh, the top of Utah half marathon up there in Logan. Um, eight seven miles. First seven miles of it were all downhill. Up there in a. This uh, got to be bad
1: on the knees. Huh?
0: It, uh, the the quads are were absolutely killing me. Yeah. Yesterday it's uh, it was not fun calf issues uh yesterday too wasn't a uh wasn't fun to walk around the airports yesterday but I still managed to uh to do so and finished a lot faster than I thought I was going to well you were into... going downhill I was and yeah. it, you know what for about 10 miles of it I felt great and then those final three wanted to tap out but uh still managed to uh to finish all that but crossed off state number 12 on my uh, on my list yesterday uh, so, uh, got a, uh, got another one under the belt for that. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to say, are oh. you
1: planning on running a race in each
0: state yes. or just visiting each state? No, running a race in each state. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good for you. Looking forward to Let some more than others. Yeah. Looking, uh, <laughs> so how many states have you been to 12? So it's, I've, I've, oh, okay. well, I've ran All in right. 12. Yeah. So far. Right. So you only go to a state to run. I mean, baseball games run. I mean, Yeah, that's I think I'm at I'm like 44, 45 now, I think. Total states. So total states. I mean, it has been a lot more. Yeah. I know. You know,
1: I think I'm at 47. I think I'm at 47. Um, Somebody was asking me the other day about we, we were just talking about countries and states you've been to. And I think I've been 37 countries, 47 states. Something like that, you know. I, I love to travel, so as a matter of fact, I was kind of planning my winter schedule as far as travel is concerned uh, yesterday. So I'm I'm already ahead of myself. Come November, December, January, you won't be seeing much
0: of the kid. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've already, you know, speaking of scheduling and stuff, Cardinal schedule came out last week and uh, all of baseball schedules came out last week. So you could start to uh, go on there, go on the website. I already, done, mine already. I already and, done my
1: schedule for next year.
0: Yeah. Plan out. I'm talking just our listeners to go out and plan their road trips, plan different places to go see the Cardinals, new ballparks to go see uh the, uh, the Cardinals at, or just new ballparks in general, and find out a, a way to work that around your summer vacations next year. To uh, to do that, I think. Uh, so I'm going my next race is in Salem, Massachusetts in three weeks. So I'm doing that. And then I'm going to a Red Sox game. So that'll be stadium number 16 that I'll cross off the list uh, for that. So that'll be the, the halfway point from uh, past the halfway point for me with the uh, with the new stadiums and already looking at how many I'm going to cross off next year on the list, too. Well, I only have one more to go, and that's the one in Texas. Uh, and we
1: were scheduled to open that one up the day, uh, the year of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that'll be the only one
0: I have left to go. Does it, yeah, Yeah. Cause you just did Tampa for the first time this year, right? Yeah. And there's no, I mean, Oakland in desperate need of a new stadium, but there's, there's none that are being built right now. And none will be built.
1: Um, I think the next group of stadiums you'll see will be expansions you know, Nashville's obviously been a, a city. Everybody's talking about perhaps Vegas. Uh, I know there's a, a movement though, in Oakland, to try and revisit this because major league baseball wants Oakland to stay in Oakland reason being they can make more money off an expansion fee than they can a relocation fee. And, uh, so that, that's something that you need to take into account. And the same can be said in Tampa, uh, you know, major league baseball would like for them to stay. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, let's face it, city governments, they, they don't, they don't have the interest or the money to invest in a, in a facility these days and you know there's all these reports about how they can make be an economic boon to your community i think st louis proved that that wasn't true uh and so i i really and i think especially the nfl you know baseball you know you got 81 games you can do something with you can have a state a concert or two you can do a few things with football it sits there vacant most of its time of existence mm. so You know, so I I think football stadiums are probably out of the question unless you want to build your own baseball. Maybe you can get a little help because you can you can generate some revenue around. And I think when you see what you see at Ballpark Village or Wrigleyville and some other places that have facilities, uh, restaurants and bars and things of that nature around apartments, uh, you can you can probably get some of that money
0: back. The um yeah the uh the state speaking of stadiums the uh, so this weekend after the race on Saturday it was a week zero game out in Logan Utah Utah State University hosted UConn, uh out there at Maverick Stadium on Merlin Olson Field, Claves uh, field named after good player the, yeah a great named after the part great of the and foursome Utah State Aggie out there yeah
1: now do you know what the fearsome foursome were
0: uh was it Deacon Jones Merlin Olson. Um, I'm, I'm gone after those two. Okay. Lamar Lundy
1: and Roosevelt Greer. Rosie okay. Greer. Most people forget uh, Lamar Lundy. Uh, but Rosie Greer was, uh, pretty good. They were all good players. I mean, they were really the first generation of big linemen. I mean, these, these guys were well over 260 pounds and, uh, Deacon Jones pound for pound might be the
0: greatest, greatest pass rushing games ever seen. Well, the, uh, the game itself, um, it's – if I don't know if it was because it was the first game of the season and you had teams just kind of trying out new stuff and playing sloppy football. Maybe Jim Mora once again prove – he's the coach at UConn now, uh, the head coach over at UConn. I don't know if it was that or if there are new clock rules in NCAA or new timeout rules, TV timeout rules. The game took four hours. Um. This is something that's been going
1: on for a while, though. Um, and I think we're starting to see it more. Well, think about the national championship game, what time it starts and what time it ends. Think about those games on CBS that now run almost into seven o'clock time viewing. Uh, Notre Dame games last forever. They, there's no such thing as a three-and-a-half-hour football game anymore. I mean, it, it's pushing north of three-and-a-half hours on a regular basis. And whether it's TV timeouts, uh, I don't, I don't know what else it could be, you know, I mean, but they need to start taking a look at this because it just takes much too long. I don't think there's a sporting event in the United States. that should last four hours. Uh, You know, I know you can go see uh, cricket things of that nature last forever, but in the United States, there shouldn't be a sporting event. that should should last four hours. You know, it, especially on TV, you know, you, you kill, because you think about what time do you start a game? You start at one o'clock, it ends at five, you go into the news or whatever, or do you start at three o'clock and it ends at seven? I mean, they're just, it, it's just too many. And then you, you can only play one game on TV. So unless you want to start playing at 10 o'clock in the morning. So it, it just, yeah, I, I think pace of play in college football is the next issue. And, and we start to see it in the NFL because now they start the games at 315. You know, there was a time when they would start, they were filling until three o'clock in, in the for the second game a lot of the time. They'd even have a little in-between show. Now they're going to 315. Uh so I, you know, that that game's getting a little too long, also.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, sitting there first half and looking and be like, damn, two hour first half. Like I can I, you know what? I could put a football game on the TV. And find other stuff to do around the house while it's on on the background. But going to a game and sitting there and telling me to, you know, saying to commit four hours to watching that, I don't I don't know if I can do that. But no, I
1: I agree. I went to a Mizzou game last year and it was like that. And I I just said, I don't know how a person can sit through this. You can't think about if you were watching a bad team play. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it and, and take this into account normally at this time of the year you're playing a blood donor all right so you, you're pounding them anyway and you're getting players on and off the field and you know it's it's kind of new for everybody but but to your original point it, uh we, we're
0: seeing more four hour games and we're seeing three and a half hour games Mizzou opens up their season this Thursday. It's a uh, Thursday game to uh, kick things off this year. And Klabes, you and Howard Richards will be back for another season of Huddle Up with Howard with your first episode coming out uh, Wednesday night. Yes, sir. Uh, Huddle Up with Howard
1: premieres, and we're going to have some different guests this year. We're going to have some things we'll peel down and break into a little bit more in depth, but uh, we'll start off talking with college football opening up. The NFL rosters are going to be set by tomorrow. Uh, We'll see who does what. Uh, I think both college football and the NFL are going to be very intriguing uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, And I'm not the biggest NFL guy, but I think there are going to be some very interesting stories that will unfold. And obviously it always evolves around quarterback. But you're going to have some other teams that are at that gate, knocking on the door to try and make that next step to being deep into postseason. But, you know, Joe, I think we've learned on a regular basis, man, you're only one injury away from being a high draft choice again, picking another high draft pick. And, you know, this is what happens with the cap. This is what happens when you don't have enough good players. This is what happens when the game is taught differently and fundamentals are not uh, stressed in the same manner that they used to be. This is what happens when guys don't practice enough. I mean, I think the NFL is going in another direction with regard to quality. Uh, college football, I think you have too many coaches. you, you got to coach virtually everything. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. Uh, we don't know. How, you know, the whole practice time thing has gone out the window. I mean, you're basically committed to this thing. Now you have the NIL that comes into play. Uh, what kind of impact is that going to have on your squad? And, of course, the transfer portal. You know, a guy doesn't play two games in a row. All of a sudden, he's in the portal before they get to homecoming. So there are a lot of things I would suggest people pay attention to this year. We'll talk a great deal about it this year
0: with huddle up with Howard and whatever's going on with Tom Brady too, whatever that situation yeah. is that I mean, it, it gets, looks to the point now where he could just decide to retire midweek any week right now in the season. Well, I was told that the
1: deal with Fox is already done and he'll break the bank. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's where he'll end up. And, uh, That'll be a whole interesting dynamic about how that's going to work. I, I guess for me, and, and God love anybody who can get paid to talk for a living. I'm one of them. I'm not sure, you know, is a guy that valuable in explaining a game that you basically know? Now, and now, now, I will say this. Football is a little different because most people didn't. It's like hockey. Most people who watch it didn't play it at a competitive level. So there are a lot of nuances about the game that probably you wouldn't think of or wouldn't know. The information element comes into play, and certainly analytics are important uh, in how they measure players these days. But when it's all said and done, you know, Tony Romo made a living about he, – he was basically Hank, – Hank Stram used to do what Tony Romo does on Sunday. He'd see the formation and he'd say, they're going left, Jack, and goddamn, they would go left. <laughs> they're going right, Jack. You better believe they're going right. You know, and Hank Stram was the first guy that did it. And that's 50 years. Well, it was a little, little bit more, a little bit less than 50 years ago. But, and all of a sudden, here comes Tony Romo calling plays. Okay, so what did Tony Romo, Romo do? Watch his film, talks to the offensive coordinator, maybe has a conference call with a player or two. So he's got a pretty good idea of what's going on. Understands the terminology, and here we go. Now everybody's trying to do it. Which is fine. I mean, but I don't know. If Tony Tony Romo is worth a million dollars a week. To me,
0: mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, I. If it's out there, he's though, getting, they're getting paid it, more cases
1: than the guys that are coaching. Right, those coordinators. He's getting paid more than those guys,
0: and those are the guys who are doing the heavy lifting. Good for uh, good for Tony Romo and his agent, for whoever brought that deal together. I'm hey, so you. this week, the Dr. Rick podcast debuts on Claves Online, uh, new season of Huddle Up with Howard, uh, NFL picks start up this week, too. So a lot coming your way, a lot of content coming your way here on Claves Online all week long. And again, as we uh, mentioned earlier, Joe West will be in town doing some radio this week and then. You guys are going to be doing the – you'll have them on live at Lowe's on Friday night after Cubs and Cardinals here in St. Louis. Look forward to uh, seeing you out there at that and hearing what Joe has to say. Maybe get some new stories out of him this, uh, this Friday out there at the uh at the live at Lowe's. See well, what uh see what Rooney and we'll see what uh come up with. Yeah, see what Rooney and Horton can uh can pull out this uh this week. Claves, uh enjoy your week you uh, as as we can see you are not in Cincinnati with the no. uh with the Cardinals. They are you doing pregame stuff though? Year. Yeah I've still I've got my guest all
1: lined up and uh John or Ricky would talk to the manager. Uh I think we're gonna talk to uh uh let's see We're going to talk to Dusty Blake. He's uh, the pitching coordinator for the Cardinals. He comes up with the pitching game plan. Also, um, Jojo Romero. Mm. Talk to him. And uh, we'll have somebody from the Cancer Siteman, Siteman Cancer Center, talk a little bit about lung cancer at this time of the year as we get into that, that era of smoking and lung cancer and the impact it has on people in this country. So we'll be doing that as well. So, we have some good guests for pregame, and of course, Oliver Marmol with Ricky or John, uh, who I thoroughly enjoy talking to. He, he's been very fun to visit with.
0: You and JoJo going and slamming Red Bulls together?
1: No, he's on his own on that, man. Yeah,
0: I, I'm. You know, you only drink
1: three things: wine, water, and protein shakes, man. Yeah. Other than that, it's on. It's on him. It's
0: on him. I'm not big on the Red Bull, but you get me any other kind of energy drink, and I'll yeah, I'll go and. I don't know if I could slam it on my arm the way he does, but I, you know what? I'd give it a try. Yeah. Hey, uh-huh. he is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. This has been another week of Lunch with Claibs and Joe right here on Claibs Online. And we are powered each and every week by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganaz St. Louis Acura. And hey, we will talk to you next week. They are St. Louis Cardinals forever, but every career must come to an end. This season, we say farewell to some of the most legendary players to ever wear the birds on the bat. After countless memories that will always be a part of St. Louis Cardinals history, we invite you to join us for another. Tickets are available to witness the storybook ending. Don't miss your chance to see these Cardinal greats for the last time at Busch Stadium. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com.